Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com AW is great. I know some people can't stand hearing that, which is a bit weird, but I'm just happy we have two major Western promotions fighting it out. More content for me. No matter what level you're operating at, though, certain things always fall through the cracks. It's just the nature of the beast when you're doing twice-weekly television that never stops. How could anyone realistically keep on top of every single story? So I'm Simon from What Culture. Please do hit that subscribe button. And this is 10 AEW Storylines Dropped Cold. Number 10, Frankie Kazarian, Elite Hunter. Not everybody on your books can be the world champion. If they could, the title wouldn't mean anything anyway, so sometimes you just have to find your place amongst the madness. Really, as long as you're presenting the best version of yourself, all will be well, and this was definitely the case when Frankie Kazarian finally lost his rag and decided he was going to take out the elite. No matter where they went, he would be in their ass. It was a cool story. This was fueled forward by what the group had done to his partner, Christian Daniels, so it was personal too, and then one day it was just over. Frankie did have a decent run with it as he stopped them interfering in matches. But before he had gotten around to taking them all out, we just stopped this and moved on to something else. There was a match against Adam Cole a month later that felt like it could reignite it all, but Kazarian lost, and we just never spoke of this again. Maybe he was just tired of evil running wild. Number 9, Miro the Gold and his wife. After he lost the TNT title to Sammy Guevara, Miro launched into a series of vignettes where he promised to take out the entire inner circle, as well as finish off Hangman Adam Page. He was mad. His reasoning was not only shame for his defeat, but also that there was no way he could go home to his wife unless he was a champion. It seemed like we'd see this through when he was inserted into the world title eliminated tournament. He lost to Brian Danielson and once again that was that. Now to be fair, Miro had to take some time off for injuries after this and we've not seen him since. But if you didn't read behind the scenes news, you didn't know this. Apparently he did go home to his partner, he took his licks and he just stayed there. Hopefully we will pick this up again when he is back and man I hope that soon. I miss him. Miro is the best. Number 8, Brandy Rhodes' struggles. A lot was going on with Brandy Rhodes in 2019. She was a pseudo heel authority figure teamed up with Awesome Kong, and they just made a lot of noise. Then all of a sudden, this hardened edge was softened, and it was kind of pitched that all of this came from a place of self doubt. As she then geared up for a match against Ali, she was clearly worried about performing on a bigger stage, leaving us all to assume this was going to tie in. 
And then, well, it really didn't. When we got to the contest, Brandy was just the bad guy with Kong doing her thing on the outside. And after she won, it was a bit confusing. Apart from one angle, which ties into number seven, Kong versus Kong. Over the years, Tony Khan has proved he's somewhat of a master when it comes to giving you matches you didn't know you wanted as he flashes up a graphic that makes you go, oh, wow. This was the case when we got it for Awesome Kong versus Asia Kong because even though they had gone at it before, it was something that most had wanted to see on a bigger stage. Unfortunately, you know where this is going. It never happened. We got the image and the hype, but after four matches, Awesome left AEW when the Nightmare Collective story was ended, whereas Asia didn't fight for two years until appearing in the Japanese side of the 2021 Eliminated Tournament. This was nobody's fault because it was just life being life, but that doesn't mean it was a shame because it really was. And if you do need evidence to this, just go and type it into your YouTube machine right now and enjoy everything that comes your way. Number six, Sean Spears' tag team partner Hunt. This wasn't anyone's fault as weeks after Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard began this, a worldwide pandemic hit and changed the wrestling scene forever. I don't think anybody was going to call that. But beforehand, the chairman did put out a casting call for a teammate and it went so far, even I, the bald a-hole, threw my hat into the ring. I even appeared on Dynamite for a second. And as a massive nerd, I tell you... That made my day. When the unthinkable happened, though, every single promotion had to pivot. And as less people were now going to be brought in, a narrative like this was never going to work, so it stopped. For a while, it looked like it had derailed Sean, too, as he lost his angle until the pinnacle was formed and he made a pretty damn solid comeback. I am still waiting by my phone, though. I'm sure eventually he will call. Number five, the Gun Club versus Paul White. Almost serving as a way to turn the Gun Club heel without ever telling us why, Billy, Austin, and Colton all decided to beat up Paul White before his match with QT Martial all out. I suppose they just didn't like him. It did work in the sense the Az boys embraced this role and became far more fun than they were previously. But after White had knocked out QT, this literally went nowhere. It just faded into the background to the point I said to myself, well, maybe Paul didn't want any of this. There may have been a hint of irony about it as the big show turned bad guy so many times in WWE. Maybe this was a joke, but there was no explanation here. So what are we meant to do? You need some sort of story. You can't just allow things to happen. I don't even think this was referenced after the fact, even though Paul White does commentary on Elevation. So if anybody does know, write me a card. I promise you I'll read it. Number four, QT Marshall and the bunny may be in love. I really like QT Marshall. He gets some stick from the darker corners of the internet, but the man is so solid and understands his role perfectly. Perfectly. Plus, he seems to be essential behind the scenes and he's a great trainer. You need folk like that. A couple of years ago, though, he was thrown into the story with the bunny, who for a few months had reverted back to her original gimmick, aka Allie. It was kind of obvious this was going to turn out to be a classic, she was stringing me along the whole time tale. Or at least that's what we thought. Because while she did return to the butcher and the blade eventually, there was so much teasing that Martial Ali were more than just friends, and yet nothing happened here. I mean, it's likely fair to say it's a narrative that has been overplayed a bit, but you would have thought there would have been some big reveal. Instead, we finished it and moved on. To be fair to AEW, though, there's every chance they realized this wasn't working but wanted to ensure everything was in order, and I respect that. I prefer this than taking the GTV approach. Number three, the Codyverse. I mean, we say this didn't end, but I think more specifically, it didn't end in AEW. I am not shy in saying that I love pretty much everything Cody Rhodes does because it's so damn interesting. 
I never once been bored when watching The American Nightmare. And now that his story is taking him to WWE, you can never say you know what he's going to do. It is a constant and entertaining guessing game. In terms of All Elite Wrestling though, there was this assumption that something big was on the horizon, especially as Cody would drop lines such as what he intended to do had never been seen before. And again, this was true in the sense he jumped promotions, but we'll now never know if there was something else on the cards. Do not forget he cut that promo where he name dropped CM Punk, but here's the thing. If in a few years Rhodes does decide to come back, my word, the stories we are going to be able to tell. So if we do look at it from a singular promotion perspective, you are right in saying that we never got to the end of this, but if you treat wrestling as a whole, good grief, maybe he actually is changing the game. Number two, Brandy Rhodes goes after the title. There was definitely something else brewing when the Rhodeses left AEW, and on the other side, it was Brandy seemingly going after a women's championship. While it had begun on dark and elevation, Brandy was slowly building up an undefeated streak that seemed likely would be pitted against somebody else's record, and maybe, just maybe, TBS champion Jade Cargill. There's also a chance it could have tied into a shot at the then-current women's champ Britt Baker, but it was definitely heading in a certain direction and one that was quite interesting. It also doubled down on the whole wins and losses matter idea, and if we had seen this through, I think it would have worked. You invest time in anything and you'll get some reward. However, as we know, before we got to the end of this, Brandy and Cody were gone from AEW, and obviously that meant this was over too. You can't really finish a narrative without the person who's at the center of it. Number one, who attacked John Moxley? I am not totally convinced that AEW won't come back to this at some point, and I don't even know why. So long ago, they don't have to. I've just got this odd inkling. There was also a ton of potential assailants about who could have attacked John Moxley, which is one of the reasons it was so intriguing. Kenny Omega seemed cleaned at first until we learned he had associated himself with Don Callis and the Good Brothers, and as the Forbidden Door was heating up, Kenta was also mentioned. Keen detectives on Reddit were also quick to mention that Moxley was left in the hanged position, which if true could even implicate hangman Adam Page. So it certainly captured the imagination and seemed destined to turn Mox heel, whereas now it's just a giant question mark. I mean, you could even say it was Malachi Black today and he wasn't even in the company at the time. That's how long it's been and how much fun we could potentially have with it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 